I don't I won't spoil it, but it's it's okay. it's very no, good. Spoilers. I won't spoil the fucking most important film of the last twenty years. <laughs> I do love mystery men. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> This episode with Joe's poorly timed I Love Mystery Man. Not even just the movie, just any man who's a mystery. I'm into Who it. Who is a mystery? Joe, that's been your problem. <laughs> Joe, this is why I always get hurt. Joe, <laughs> I think what you're looking for is to solve the mystery of Joe. <laughs> man. We are uncovering some shit here. Welcome to the oh Super Best Friend Music Show. <laughs> Joe is discovering himself. If you, well, you know, not like in a Louis C.K. way, but in a Jesus. mental mystery men way. Uh, my name's Alan Richardson. I'm uh, here my, with. Oh, oh. Go, go, just go. My name is Dana Slattery. And I'm Joe Pilata. And we're all the super best friends. We're the best friends that ever been, that will ever be. <laughs> It never and, happened. Uh, it never will be. No relation yeah. to the other podcast we just learned about. Yeah, sorry. Also named Super Best Friends. I we're learned about it. Befriend those guys. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna befriend their legal team. <laughs> That's the feeling I get. I think they disbanded though. So if you found us, and th- by and looking for another podcast. Yeah, and you and then you somehow- listened to six episodes. Uh, I think ten. Ten episodes. We're pretty deep in it. By now, you have to have figured out we're different people, and that we are just the the super best friends. As you've always known them. As you've always known them, (laughs) and And you'll never know anyone else. (laughs) And uh, let's say you are not familiar with the show. What we do here is every week we take turns picking a different album that means a certain amount to us, and we discuss it. And this week. It was my turn to pick an album, and I decided that it was time we talk about Betty Davis's final album, Nasty Gal. Uh, it was. I, she ain't nothing yeah, but a nasty gal. <laughs> That's <her> You. <laughs> that end, there's so much disdain when, in that end. Funk. <laughs> Funk, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, this, honestly, we've listened to some very good albums. This one just lit my brain up. Like, it was just so much fun. I had a blast. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you you liked it so much. Uh, so let let me let me start by saying how I found this album because the more I've never really looked into her very much, uh, only kind of like a little bit until there's I mean as you as we came to find out there's not really a lot about Betty Davis and there really wasn't until very very recently. Uh, and I came across Nasty Gal in 2009 when I worked at a record store when someone had just sold us a used copy of, of Nasty Gal and my coworker, Emily, found it and she saw the cover, which is, I don't know how to describe this, it's Betty Davis lying on her side with her leg up in the air and she's holding her heel 
with her knee bent. She kind of looks like a like a sexy spider, like about to give birth mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's just how I see it for doing like this like Rorschach test style. She's wearing a what is she wearing? She's wearing fishnets, high heel, Some big kind of afro. Corset. It looks yeah. like. Yeah. Not much is the not point. Not much. That's it, for damn that's sure. pretty much what she was always wearing was not much. And it is like it is an unusual pose. It is hard to describe. It's a nasty pose. It is. <laughs> it's nasty. Uh but so we I had never heard of Betty Davis. Uh I have I had obviously heard of Miles Davis and the other I, Betty was, Davis. Yeah, the other <laughs> Betty Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Which Google, if you Google Betty Davis, Betty Davis, the one we're speaking of today is B-E-T-T-Y, as opposed to Betty Davis, the actress, uh, B-E-T-T-E. And, I'm so uh, annoyed by that. Like, every time I went to go look up B-E-T-T-Y Davis, like, my algorithm should know me better by now. Like, yeah. stop trying to serve me up shit about B-E-T-T-E. What what even is that as a name? Bet Davis? Yeah. Betta? Beta, I don't know. Beta Davis. <laughs> yeah, B E T T Y Davis. Um, once married to Miles Davis. Yeah, very, very briefly. Yeah, that yeah. was a surprise, given that that's what she's reduced to. The most. Yes. Yeah, and it it is that she just kept his name just for that notoriety and being able to just because she knew that people would look if someone they thought was related to Miles Davis in some way. Uh, but I was, like, so happy to have been able to find this album by complete coincidence and kind of then to learn that Betty Davis pretty much just disappeared into obscurity at some point. Oh, I'm sorry. I took a... Oh, God, I just clicked on iMovie. This is going to slow everything down for a minute. Um, I needed to make a note about something I said last episode. Uh, the BGs, I got it wrong. It is four brothers and one cousin. Okay. And the cousin left in the 80s, and then one of the twins died in the 80s. And then oh, the other two yeah. died in the last, like, 15 years. And now it's just Barry Gibb. Thank you for clearing that up. It was bothering me, apparently, enough to write it at the top of this <laughs> Betty Davis note. <laughs> Wait, Wait a minute. What's, what's the next note there, say? What? After your BG's note? Four brothers, two twins, one cousin. Under that. Oh, oh yeah. Barry Gibb is was and will always be a very hot, hot, hot man. Man, dude, I was looking at a lot of things of of, of Barry Gibb and whew, uh, we won't go into it, but uh, you know what? And maybe I take that back after watching them in the '90s more, where he looks like a haunted doll. Oh my but God. Uh, yeah, Barry Gibb is a very hot. A hot man. I'll just get that out of the way. He just is Farrah Fawcett with a beard and mustache. He's so fucking <laughs> hot. It works. He makes me want to be a nasty gal. Every time that somebody mentions nasty gal, I'm, I'm going to keep doing that. So get You mentioned what? Sorry, that's a visual joke for this picture of Barry Gibb. (laughs) And see, look, Barry Gibb's laughing. He enjoyed that joke. He's a hot guy. 
We need to like um, wow, that hair. make like a spectrogram of mm. a photo of Barry Gibbs and then just have that oh, play. So he people did turn can... into his head makes him look like Wilson from Castaway. The volleyball? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the volleyball character from Gaston. Because I was, I was thinking of Wilson from Home Improvement. I'm like, do you have You call me what? <laughs> Wilson from Home Yeah. Oh, man. Well, then, I mean, his brothers are all weird looking. Sorry, guys. Yeah. The lesser Gibbs? I would not say lesser. I just said uglier. Well, so, what were your guys' uh, Check it. Had you guys heard of Betty Davis before? Um, I had only, like, sort of heard of her because uh, Light in the Attic just reissued, like, a bunch of her albums, like, Mm -hmm. last year or maybe even this year. But I had never listened to her before, and but and I was like, I should because like I'm looking at all these cool reissues from this cool label, they and nice. I don't know, they look nasty, and I don't know anything about this woman. Uh, I didn't even know that she was married to Miles Davis, uh, although it seems now like that's sort of less of a thing, so that's okay that I didn't know it. Like she just happened to take the name after it wasn't like a huge part of her life or whatever. I mean, they were married. It was a huge part of his life, for sure. Why do you say that? Oh, we'll get into it. Let's get into it. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I I was not exactly... Well, no, I, I would say I was pretty surprised at this album and how much I enjoyed it. Like Joe said, it was really, really fun. And like, I don't know, it's just hot. Like, it's intense. Like, it's, you know, it's... Mm. The like funkiest, definitely the funkiest album that we've listened to thus far. Oh man! And yeah, she's just like Easily. in a league of her own in that in that way. I was just shocked that it was seventy-five. It has like mm. very like Prince totally. 80s vibes, and I'm just like, oh, she just predicted all of that. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, it, it's got like real big Prince vibes. I think. Like, yeah, it's like definitely. it's like. It feels like a very easy bridge between Parliament and Prince, like that, like kind of seventies funk. It's disco. aggressively unhinged, yeah, and, and just like fucking and overtly there. sexual, but yeah. funny, and like it, 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 like it's funny that this pissed people off. Like I get that it's like sexual, but it's also, it's so funny, and like it's so fun. It's not like. It's almost not dirty because of yeah, how because like of so how winkingly top. sexual it right, is. Right, like, yeah. right. But then yeah. again, it was just I, I'm sure it was just like a black woman doing mm-hmm. this. You know, like we can't. You know, that that's just too much. That's, that's just pretty too much. much. Absolutely, what every what happened with everyone yeah. is everyone's like this is fucked up. Um, and it's such a it's so sad because it it is just so fun and. She's clearly, like, when I, I watched for this, I watched, like, the documentary. Like, I, I went in totally cold to this album. I didn't know anything about Betty. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I've listened to most of Miles' discography. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's some live things in there I've missed, but I've listened to just about everything. Um. So I know him very well, but um, I just I just didn't know that she made albums that it makes sense now that like a lot of it wasn't 
reissued until very recently. And, yeah, and just uh, kind of shut down. And the only she only had one major record on a label, and that was from Island, which uh, doesn't really, you know, it's not a super active, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when you're talking about going to the album cold and stuff, and I, I honestly was getting teared up thinking about it because it is so it's such a warm memory and such a crazy thing to just like you see this album cover and you start it and and that's the first thing you hear because we worked at that record store we closed at midnight we put this on like after we closed and you know we neither of us worked there and we haven't named it and I will just you know I might have uh, smoked a jazz cigarette after closing and put this on and just like, it was a real moment of like, what the fuck is this? And uh, I discovered that that was in 2009, the first time this album was ever reissued after its initial release in 1975, which is fucking nuts. Yeah, uh, when wow. You, when you think about that, that it was put out once, and then that was it until 2009. Right. Um, and on, just on CD, I assume, in 2009 right. for the first time. And I think it was 2016 when they started putting re-releasing her albums. And then they put out Is It Love or Desire, which we'll get to. But let's talk about this. Barry Gibb is, was, will always be a hot, hot, hot man. <laughs> now, hot. <laughs> a hot, 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 hot. Uh, and you know what started my love of the Bee Gees was the movie Mystery Men. Because there's a scene where... <laughs> Disco uh, Tony. Yeah, is dancing to Night Fever. And I was like, that song is so... Night Fever is so cool. Uh, I, I, you know what? I understand. Like, I understand what I'm saying right now, that Night Fever is a fucking cool song. But it really is. And when I was Let's, listening to I think- You Should Be Dancing the other day, I, it started... And it was like, I listened to like an hour long interview with Barry Gibb. And then I like went through and listened to the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack two times in a row. And when I was listening to You Should Be Dancing, the bass starts and out loud to myself alone, I was like, damn, right off the bat, you don't know what's coming, but you know it's powerful. And then I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> I like this is like one of the most underrated artists we've covered, and we just fully talk about the Bee Gees <laughs> for like twenty minutes and uh, three men for some reason. The two thousand three classic featuring the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Betty Davis was born Betty Mabry July 26, 1945 uh, She was married to Miles Davis Only from 68 to 69 and, But she kept that name Davis uh, She kept it with his permission Just for her music career And there is a quote Where uh, she was let's see, It was 1968 they got married She was He was 19 years older than her which, Oh wow uh, Yeah it's pretty I think he's like 42 Ooh and he, she's 23, right? That's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of good quotes about that. One was, he bought me a limo, and I filled the trash with his suits. Uh, <laughs> because this was the moment in Miles Davis's career where he just, like, completely changed over and stopped wearing, like, the fancy Italian suits and moved over to, like, kind of, like, the hippie or, and, like, the fusion stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Bitches Brew... 
is supposedly named after Betty Davis. And uh, it was supposed to be called Witch's Brew. And she was like, nah, you should call it Bitch's Brew. Uh, and that she was like a major inspiration of Miles Davis for like what became, you know, that kind of hip, that cool jazz sound. That mm-hmm. hip, cool jazz sound. <laughs> That's Those are words that came out of my mouth in 2021. <laughs> and, um, teacher, because cool jazz was an earlier movement in jazz. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> so Other way around. Is- this is a different movement, so... What is the movement, Joe? <laughs> this is Jazz show. Fusion. Jazz Fusion, okay, so it's like, just Jazz is, Fusion. Bitches Brew is considered, like, the birth of Fusion. And this was, like, and, Betty like, Davis introducing jazz. him to Jimi Hendrix, which I didn't know there was supposed to be a collaboration between Miles Davis and Jimi Hendrix, and that has been on my mind for, like, the whole last week straight. Because that would be... Because it doesn't exist? yeah. Yeah, that's true. That would have been really cool. Though, uh, the guy playing guitar on Bitches Brew, John McLaughlin, I would say probably steals the album from Miles. Like, I think Miles is. Brew. I think Miles is the least interesting part of Bitches Brew. Ooh, Whoa! Shots save fires. that. Save we'll that. save that for the bitches for the brew episode. episode. <laughs> so there's another uh, quote about He's Betty great. Davis. He's, He's great. Uh, there's another quote she had about that marriage where she says, uh, "Every day that I was married to him was the day I earned the name Davis, uh, wow. because Miles Davis was I, uh, like an asshole essentially, and uh, it was like a very abusive, tumultuous relationship between the two of them, and." Uh, but she so they both kind of seem a little crazy i was it was in um artists tales from the tour bus uh they did an episode on betty davis and one of her friends tells a story where she met miles in a club and she liked his shoes so then she followed him home (laughs) like not like with him just followed him home We've and he answered the door, and he had, like, his wife... I think she was married at the time. And she was like, if you kick her out, I'll be back. And that's how <laughs> their relationship started. Bold. Very bold. Uh, there is another one... Another, like, a couple more bold Betty Davis stories. There was another one where she was going to uh, rehearse with a band, and all the guys got out of the car, and she sat there. And the guy turned... They were like, oh, where's Betty? And he turned back and he was like, uh, Betty, why don't you get out of the car? And she turned to him and just said, nobody unlocked the door for me. So yeah. then he opened the door for her and she got out. Uh, she was a model before her music career. Um, and in Europe, she was with, I, I honestly did not write the designer's name down. But apparently after spending like a week there in Europe with him and he had designed a dress that she wore out. She stole the dress, went back <laughs> home with it. And then wrote him out an itemized bill, charging him for, like, the lunches, the time with her, the appearance fees. Uh, I think they had backing vocals for something. And then a note at the bottom just says, deduct the dress from this. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was my favorite part of that episode. That, that was, was a so real... She, she just seemed like a fucking cool, powerful fucking just... Bad bitch. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't say that. No, 100%. She was one bad ombre. Is that a still <laughs> fun thing to say? Is that... Um, no. Joe? <laughs> Joe choking on his cornflakes over there. 
It's not. It's not a cornflakes. <laughs> so, yeah, so she was, you know, but uh, Miles Davis, I don't think it's, it will be contended that he was an abusive and kind of crazy person. You uh, know, I didn't know that, but I kn- knew that, you know. <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. When I started looking into this, I was like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, I guess I should have known that. It sounds like based on the episode, she married him at like the height of his substance abuse. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of got clean at the end of this marriage. and Because apparently she is uh, was completely sober and clean. No drugs, no drinking. That's just kinda... interesting. Yeah, and then some here. people even said she, she was, was celibate. celibate which but then is her, her, her close friends... friend was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause, so then I, I did have an issue with Tales from the Tour Bus. That woman, Renona Will- Winona Williams, uh, if you watch that documentary, she comes off much more intelligent than she comes off in that show. Uh, the, I mean, and Tales from the Tour Bus is like a goofy kind of cartoony show. I, think I didn't think she came across poorly in Tales of the Tour Bus. No, but I th- I think she came across like a little goofy. She didn't come across as like um, credible, I thought. Oh, really? Maybe I thought it's just because it was way cartoon more... talking. <laughs> yeah, I think that might just be it. Because I thought she was more reliable than like a lot of the guys. I, I'm sorry. I meant as opposed to her in the documentary. <laughs> you can't trust this lady. She's only got four fingers on each hand. Yeah, look at this two-dimensional bitch. <laughs> oh man, that was another good part of Tales from the Tour Bus where they talk about Miles Davis calling. He's like, someone was like, Miles loved the word bitch. I'd and he'd say he'd be like, look at that bitch over there. I'd be like, Miles, you can't say that. And he'd be like, yes, I can. You shut up, bitch. <laughs> And everybody did a Miles impression, and it was so funny. <laughs> and they're all like a little different. And then was, Betty does it in the documentary, and hers is the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the documentary. He's, he's really raspy. The documentary is very good. Uh, they say I'm different. Why? It's, I didn't. Did we talk about watching this documentary, and I just missed it? I yes. didn't watch it. Sorry. Mud flaps. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Mud flaps. Come on. <laughs> Talk right, about mud on. flaps. You guys, how long is it? You guys keep talking. It's only an hour. It. All right, I'll be back in an hour. You, you can honestly <laughs> have distracted us with one, with like a comment about something else, and then watched it and come back. Oh, guys, look, Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mystery Men's a good movie. Uh, yeah, the documentary. Well, uh, we'll we'll get into that. Let me let let me get through the rest of her thing here. Um, so. She her first her first like professional single I'll play a bit of it was for the Chambers Brothers called Uptown which have you guys heard this before? I never had but it is a pretty sick song. When you listen to this, you can hear early Betty Davis in that song. It's not quite hard funk yet, but it's that same, like, 
And the song is just like, I'm getting uptown to Harlem, damn it. That was her first uh, release single, or like so, first big professional single. Coming so out the gate, did, hot. Yeah, she did backup vocals on that. Then, right? She wrote it. Or she produced it? No, no, no she, she wrote it. that. Sorry. Okay, okay. Was she wrote that? That's what I was saying. She wrote that song for the Chambers Brothers, and that was her first like professional gig. Gotcha, Before that, she gotcha. had recorded a single called "The Cellar," which was about a club called The Cellar. But that didn't really get much past, like, Manhattan, you know? <laughs> it was, like, just, like, a local song that someone had made about a club there that she went to. And uh, this was, like, our first, like, big professional thing. And that's when she started to focus on music instead of modeling. Because with modeling, she said, you didn't need brains to do it. It's only going to last as long as you look good. Which... Uh, it's like an interesting way to think about that since she didn't have any longevity with music. Which is right. the cruel irony of it all. Uh, so then, her music career, her first album was Betty Davis in 1973 with a lot of the mem- founding members of Sly Stone's band. And I forget, there's a few, it was like a, almost like a funk super group somewhat ahead of its time. Of just all the players in that. And then they say that I'm different in 74. And then Nasty Gal in 75, uh, which from Island Records, which she got that because she was dating Robert Palmer at the time, and he hooked her up with Island Records. It's like she dated Robert Palmer and Eric Clapton and Miles Davis, which is just like a funny group of people to me. Because, like, I hate Eric Clapton so much. And apparently she refused to collaborate with Eric Clapton. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hope nobody on this podcast is interested in really defending Eric Clapton. Oh, like a listener or like one of the three of us? One of the three of us. No. I don't know. <laughs> God, no. How could you defend Eric Clapton? You can defend Cream by mentioning the other members. Yes. I 100% am there with you on that. That's every Eric Clapton band, you can say. It's a pretty good band. It's a shame Eric Clapton's in it. <laughs> Since he offers... Uh, you know what I was saying the other day is that there's the worst people on the planet are stand-up comedians, and the only people worse than that are blues guitarists. White blues guitarists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah, is, yeah. Right. That's something that you definitely need to... Because in my mind, it is uh, the person in my mind is Joe Bonamassa. (laughs) (laughs) And every white blues guitarist that wants to be or has been the prototype for Joe Bonamassa. Yeah. And the worst, like, really just at any level, you can kind of expect that. Because, like, even dudes, like middle-aged dudes, white blues guitar playing dudes, like, when you meet them, you know, in person, just, like, hard hard people to talk to and deal with yeah just always hard what is up with that (laughs) come on guy just wear jeans if you're gonna be like that it's uncomfortable (laughs) and unprofessional it's upsetting everybody here your guitar is always at an angle and we all know why (laughs) 
Oh, I love uh, <laughs> on the uh, on the newest the Phoebe Bridgers album. There's a line that's like, uh, "It's sad that his kid died, but we all hate tears in heaven." <laughs> like, <laughs> that is pretty spot on about how I like, like yeah, like I don't want bad things to happen to him, but his music is not good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, good on the baby for getting out before he got any worse. Oh. But. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, this album, Nasty Gal, was uh, not well-received at all. And they did so poorly that Island just uh, dropped Betty completely and scrapped her next album, wow. uh, which ended up being called Is It Love or Desire? And it wasn't released until 2009. Uh, oh my God. After so pretty much after Nancy Gal, she like fell off the face of the earth. She went to Japan, supposed for like reportedly for like a handful of gigs, and then came home and had like a mental breakdown, and then has just kind of been living quietly in Pittsburgh since then. Oh my God! And wow. she never talks about her music. She never does like she has, doesn't really do any interviews. The documentary about her was the first time she agreed to uh, allow, like, her story to be told through these uh, conversations she's had with the filmmakers. But she would only let them use the recorded conversations and then use uh, footage of her sitting in a chair. But you never see her speaking. Oh, my God. Um, Mystery. So a lot of the documentary is, like, a poem she wrote of like the time like i don't know not a poem but like um i don't know how to it is kind of like a it's like a beat poem it's not yeah. like mm. the narration is one long beat poem that describes her and a fictional crow wow yeah it's like the personification of like her okay. creative yeah drive. oh my gosh this sounds great fuck it's I very cool I, watched it. I do i do i did save a clip of it that made me cry and uh, we can watch some of that. It's devastating. And, like, you know, thinking of, like, that album not doing well and then them completely dropping her is crazy. That it's is insane. Some bullshit. That but is you know what? Like, there's, there's no way to rationalize that it's got to be a mix of racism or, yes. and or sexism. Because, yep. like, if you oh, think of it's, it's... other people on island, like yeah. Cat Stevens... I love, but he got to make some stinkers and keep going. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just like every, like, but not offensive stinkers. Yeah. Right. I think they did. That's the thing is not stinkers where he talks about how he'll, he'll fuck anyone that comes near him. Yeah. Well, that is my favorite <laughs> Cat Stevens song. Oh, I'm going to fuck everyone who comes near me. Yeah. I'm going to fuck. <laughs> I'm going to fuck everyone that comes near. I'm going to fuck anyone that comes near. So don't come here unless. Unless you don't. I fuck the tea and I fuck the tiller man. Fuck the Fuck the tea and I fuck the tiller man. What is the other one? Fuck the teaser and I fuck the fire cat. Tease my fire cat. Tease my fire cat. You know what I really don't like about Cat Stevens? Is his his name upsets me so much. You said because, for cat. Uh, cat. I'm not just because I'm a great white male doesn't mean <laughs> I'm upset that he changed his name and uh, became a Muslim. I have yelled at many a customer at the old record store when they said things like, "Yeah, then he went crazy." 
I'm like, they didn't go yeah, crazy. Right. Well, he found like if you if you read any interview with with uh, Yusuf Islam, he speaks in a way he, he makes me so jealous that it makes me realize I will never find the inner peace because just reading about how peaceful he feels makes me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, that's why I'll never be there. Fills me with rage and jealousy. <laughs> but his 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 thinking about his inner peace. His birth name was Stephen, and he, I forget, his last name just wasn't catchy, and he wanted a, um, a better name to release music under, and whatever his name was, he just wanted to sound like he was a real cool cat. It's awful. So he chose <laughs> he, Cat Stevens. But, um, but I just, yeah, like, I just, the amount of chances other people get and not Betty is just alarming. Right, yeah, that's yeah, sorry, that was your point. It's <laughs> fucked up. It, yeah, that's really upsetting to hear. I mean, especially when it, it it sounds like they they must have had like a contract in place for this this next record they were putting yeah. together or mm-hmm. something. And then to just be like, uh, nope, it's a flop. Fuck you. Like that. Yeah, because it was it it was recorded. It was it's it was what? you know released years later. It's a great album. It sounds like a logical next step from Nasty Gal. Like, at least Her give friend, it another try. Like, if it's already yeah. recorded, that's bizarre. Her friend Winona Williams had a good quote about her that uh, really hit me, where she said, if you're ahead of your time, then you're also ahead of your country. So let's not oh. forget Let's not forget mm-hmm. she's a black woman. Yeah. And people were just not ready or willing to accept her. Because this is 1975, and right. a black woman is just, like, being blatant about fucking and independence and sex and i I'm truly I, being a bad bitch i forget who it is that says it but it was another thing that really hit home of uh that men like the accepted thing for the time is men are allowed to sing about what they want to do and what they want to do to you and, and god what what they just got to do but women are allowed to sing about what's been done to them <laughs> and if you step out of that comfort zone of women being the like what's been done to them while men are being the or people doing the things, then you get kicked out. Yeah, and when you like, think about it in that terms, that is what every single song is about her doing something. And it starts to realize that's why this comes off as so powerful. And it's because people like her were so pushed down for so long and like that she just screamed it and went with it and it just crashed and burned her down so fast and hard that it really is a it's a lot to think about and take in especially (laughs) someone that will never achieve any it's so funny thing i'm just like I, i i knew I didn't know this intellectually, but I just had a hunch this was going to pan out, and I'm really happy for just, like, the bullshit of, of like, what a woman is. Like, they're mad that this is too raunchy. That same year, the first ACDC album comes out with a song on it just called She's Got Balls. This <laughs> <laughs> is, like, the double standard is so flagrant, like... Like, the Rolling Stones have so many songs that are not even hiding that they're about no, fucking. And, that, right. and they are, like, considered, like, untouchable. Uh, even still, too, I mean, like, like WAP, 
you know, wet ass pussy was a big hit, but it was also still controversial. Where like mm-hmm. stuff like there, if that was you know a man singing about his big hard penis. <laughs> people would have been like play it again sam you know <laughs> well, well like yeah and then like when anaconda came out like it sampled baby got back and people were mad about anaconda it's mm-hmm. like it's literally oh, referencing it's the same it's like the same song <laughs> like it's it's yeah. like almost like a cover because it's you know it's got the same well it's like i think like a, a reclaiming of yeah that song. right 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 and then people completely miss the point. So it is It is still very much this double standard that Betty experiences, not even close to done. It is still right. very much like and a like, black... I'm sorry, I was just going to say, let's not forget this is 1975. Like, that's crazy. And, and you listen to it, too, and, like, I would never peg it for 1975. And then, like... Even just, like, musically, I mean. But then, like, what she's, like, singing about and, like, what the th- the theme's going on here. Like, it's it's absolutely batshit. Like, it's it's wild. For 1975. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you giggling? Because I don't know who I would peg for 1975. <laughs> it's going to cost at least 40 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh. <laughs> but uh, I just yeah, thought that phrase. Like, like, all right, you heard it here, folks. The phrase yeah, of like, I wouldn't pack that for 1975. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't buy that for 50 bucks. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't pack that. Jackson. I wouldn't pack that for 1975. Give me an even 20, and we're talking about something now. <laughs> now we'll talk. <laughs> I don't want you, loose change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, like, there's hints of, like, punk and, like, underground stuff. Like, mm. it's got, like, like a kind of garage vibe almost to, like, certain songs. And then some songs are beautiful. I love that there's yeah. no attempt at, like, full, uh, like, one genre. Like, it is just, right. is the unifier. Totally. Well, and then if we even, if we step away from the content and the, like, sexuality, the, uh, like, the fact that she is a woman doing this in the 70s, she's also a black artist in the 70s who is writing and producing and recording her own music, like, on her own. With an entirely black band. Right. Should also be, yeah. And that's insane that she's pulling all this off. Yeah. It's, It's great. And a lot of that... I think she like the open doors is a lot of like the name Davis and the fact Mm. that she like she was able to get in with the right people and be there. And I think, you know, that doesn't speak for I don't think that means anything about taking credit away from her. It gives credit to her for being in that crowd and that not that not only that she's smart, but that she's clearly talented enough that these people that history has recognized as like musical legends also recognized her as something that is not to be ignored like someone who is like she needs to be heard and, and needs to like be doing these things yeah, to the it, point where even after that tumultuous marriage miles helps out with the album like he's still like yeah so cool. helps her with like chord progressions and writing music and stuff and like, like i don't think there was much like love between them anymore but like he still acknowledged she was talented yeah yeah, absolutely. 
I'm trying and, to see if I have any other notes for it. And again, that I can't. Co- I I just it blows my mind that like they dropped her as opposed to just like asking her to do something more commercial. Because mm. I don't know how you hear this and don't think she's talented. Like even if you're like it's not right. for me, right? You got to be like this is a star. Like like we can work with this if you're not scared and racist and sexist. Yeah. Like like right. that that should be it the takeaway. It is take that away. she is is just and I like I don't want to say abrasive, but like and. There's a word I just can't think of that is just uh, she is I strong will commanding I don't know it's yeah like, commanding because I was gonna say go getter is like what I'm what my mind <laughs> is man I have just smoked too much weed and my brain is just like you know what bud you're done she's a real go she's like a crazy go getter that you just like you she's a real can't, polythene Pam <laughs> but you can't oh God she's a go getter. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for. <laughs> Anyways. No, but there, but like the first time that you listened to, I mean, like the whole time, I was just kind of like my eyes were just like huge. Like this is like, I I don't want to say like a, not like abrasive really, but like sort of like it kind of just a like go-getter. grabs you. <laughs> like, it's a, fucking it's a real fucking go getter. <laughs> She's a go-getter. The album's a go-getter. No, it just yeah, it's like, commanding. You can't like you can't ignore it, and it's so different than like, I mean, e- even now, like me listening to it in the year 2021, it's like wow, this is not really like anything I've I've heard no. before. And now imagine it's 1975. You know, it's just like it's it's like too. It's just, it's so much. <laughs> There's just so much there. It's its no surprise that they weren't ready. No, it's... Sadly, it's, yeah. It's so sad, but yeah, it is. They they were not ready for Betty Davis. But it's just like, I'm glad that, you know, she's not she's not getting, I think, the I don't think, I don't know if she'll ever get the recognition I feel like she deserves, but at least I'm glad that she's now given the chance, you know? Yeah. That now they're at least out there. Right, right. Yeah, that's the other thing. Not, if none of these albums were ever reissued until 2009, that's a huge time to a like not gap. have your shit in circulation. That's that's incredible. So, yeah. um, have either of you listened to her first album? No, I didn't no. listen to it. Okay, so let's just, for more context of like Betty David, because I'm pretty much out of notes except for the way she would write her music is that she would record herself humming the parts into a tape recorder and give the tapes of the bandmates to translate that into parts. That's fucking awesome. I really love that. That is so cool. And I love that the only two, I'm sure there are like plenty, like I don't know why other bands do that, but I know that's how like all the Dead Kennedys music was written too by Jello Biafra of just like, I just like that kind of thing of like, just do it like. Well, you know, uh, who's more like Betty is James Brown did that too. Like he famously knew how everything was supposed to sound. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know about him signaling to his bandmates on stage that he's docking their pay. Yeah, uh, he, he was a taskmaster. That he would, anytime he would turn to his bandmates and give them these, it was like him fucking up a part and him like being like, I'm deducting your pay. It was like this, like I'm like Brutal. you're out fifty bucks. You're out fifty bucks. Brutal. Oh, that sucks. My, 
He's but, a good example of a talented maniac. <laughs> so, but all right. So going on, going back to her being a real go getter and just like something you cannot look away from. To have this be, and this is something I, I really cracker. love. I really love the thought of a band or an artist's first song on their first album. Like the first mm. thing a lot of people are going to hear. And it's that, this. That would be like a fun like special thing to do. Mm. Like We pick like some of our favorites of those. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, we're going to do some, some fun ones. Some fun ones. <laughs> we have to start making playlists fun. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, ready? For fun. Yes. To have just blindly find this, to find this album of a woman you don't know, and you see the cover of just three pictures of her with uh, high socks and short shorts. I think those are boots. Are those long boots? I or? think those are boots up to her thighs. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are thigh-high silver boots. Yeah, they're amazing. She's got her big afro and Daisy Dukes. And it's just a song of... I mean, you know. <laughs> about trying to get laid. To have just this woman start singing about going out and trying to get laid in one night is crazy. 1973, yeah. It's so bold. And so that's like the start of Betty Davis. And on this this album, we had members of Sly Stone's band. And uh, later on, she played with uh, a band they called Funk House. Which I here we go. Uh, it is Nikki Neal, Larry Johnson, Fred Mills, and Carlos Morales. And uh, Nikki Neal and Larry Johnson are just like two of her cousins from back home that she was like, "Come to California, record a record with me." No way. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And on the documentary, Funkhouse all gets back together. Aww. And I wanted to play this clip from it. This is this made me cry because this is it's the just four old funk musicians and they're all sitting around a stool and they're trying to call Betty Davis. Oh, this is yeah. Please answer the phone. It's Carlos, Fred, and your cousin Larry and Nick. Pick up the phone. I also love watching old people use phones. <laughs> Betty, what's the next gig, baby? <laughs> Hello, Betty. Is this Fred? <laughs> of course you know it is. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, baby. Dog. And this is Nick. How's your band? I can't complain. I'm sitting here with the rest of the guys in the band. Who's there? <laughs> the band. The whole band. No, yeah, Carlos band. is here. Nick. Is Carlos there too? Yeah. He sure is. And your cousin Larry, I'm here too. Larry and Nicky too? Yes, yes, yes. You sound exactly the same. Say, uh, exactly. You sure do, Bet. I bet I miss you. I'm telling you the truth, Bet. I miss you. 
I ain't no. So you doing you doing all right, baby? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Everybody want to know where Betty is. Yeah. <laughs> we want to do one more thing with you at least. You know, we'll come to your house and record all these new recording things they got yeah. now. You ain't mm -hmm. got to leave the kitchen. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, um, just cook some spaghetti. And Betty, you ain't got to go through what you have to go through with record companies no more. No more. Because they ain't real important no more. You know what I'm saying? We'll sell it out the trunk like of the that. car. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Social media and now, you can do a lot of things with music. But look, Betty, from the time, from the, when we left Bogalusa, what, you know, what happened, baby? That. So, hey, look, it's about time you came home for a minute, ain't it? Well, what can I say? <laughs> I'm too old to travel. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll come pick you up. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then you watch these old guys fucking shred. <laughs> No, that, that broke my heart when she just, like, totally dodges the question. Yeah. So, and, uh, like, Bogalusa you know what? is where they recorded uh, the fourth album that got scrapped. And it was, like, in Louisiana where none of them were from or enjoyed. And so that's what that's that's what that was in reference to. Yeah. And, you know, you got to respect she doesn't want to do it, but it's still sad. Yeah, it's just sad that it's, like, her cousins and her friends just missing her. And, you know, it's... Like, I'm sure they'd love to just see her without recording an album. Right. Like, they came on too strong. That's too, yeah. you know, you got to kind of like coax her out, you know, <laughs> like we'll take you out for coffee and scones or something. Not just, let's come to your kitchen, make us some spaghetti. We can record a new album. <laughs> I love that. You got to cook spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I bet if, if he had just been like, can we come over for spaghetti? She might be into it you know but like yeah it's so clear that she just doesn't want anything to do with with that life you know well, and she just didn't want to talk about it and right right yeah. well because like i don't know i forget i'm sorry did you say that like when she stopped making music like she had like she her mom kind like of... institutionalized her briefly yeah, she, she went to Japan briefly and then was uh, hospitalized with after like a mental breakdown and oh. she got like shock therapy. So like I don't I I think she can't handle it right now. Like <sighs> that fucking sucks. I didn't know that, but I figured like something like horribly traumatic must have happened to just like you know it like the whole notion of making music is just like tainted for her. You know, or like well, and just, I'm it. sure it's not even making, not just making music, but being out there to people and like mm. exerting yourself out there like that because to Oof. have been so bold and done so much and been so unforgivingly you and to have that go so bad. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. And it's it's something that you see with a lot of people that like blaze these trails, mm -hmm. like a lot of the first people to do something do end up just sacrificing themselves for no. I, I don't want to say for 
but really for no good reason because they sh- it really was it's almost always not about the world wasn't ready in the way that like you can't make a light bulb without electricity it's the world's not ready in that uh everyone's a racist <laughs> it's like yeah it's yeah, not like right it's not like there's actually any reason Problem, it's just yeah. like social change there's no right there's no yeah there's no good reason so then you've never seen clips of her live then dana no oh my god she's the coolest part it's it's so like when you see her you're like that's a star like it's it's impossible yeah. now to fathom that this wasn't a success there there's oh there is no live footage of her by the way that's Except for like, like these like tiny clips from i saw her perform live at the bottom line this is 73 and basically people would be staring ahead in mute shock they could not believe what they were seeing in 1973, Betty Davis was 28 years old and fresh off the release of her first full album. Vernon Gibbs was a journalist on assignment that night for Penthouse Magazine. It wasn't the music that they were shocked by. It was her performance. It was the sexuality of her performance, the raw lyrics, and her vocal approach. She had kind of a screeching, metallic voice. The music critics who were there could not deal with it. I mean, how dare somebody in 1973 get up on a stage and not sing like a reef. Exactly. Right? But forget about the music. It was the short shorts, the thigh-high boots, the luscious lips, the big afro. And then you're going to spread your legs. You're going to use the mic like a penis. It was shocking all. That's the only way to describe it. I remember one man was so transfixed that he basically fell over during the performance and smashed the whole thing full of glasses and went all over the place. Betty was too much for that guy. Her performance, it was so far ahead of its time that it was to a lot of people unacceptable. I mean, you can hear that in, in the way that she sings. Like, you can't, you can't fake that. You got to It's it's in your whole body. Yeah. Uh, we just watched a clip from Tales of the Tour Bus where Vernon Gibbs was talking about live performances of Betty Davis because the only way we could show poor Mudflaps clips of Betty Davis is or Betty Davis live is these little clips where you have nothing. Yeah, it's like what 20 seconds, maybe less than that yeah. of her like, you know, doing her thing on stage, which is just so like it it's just like like I was just saying it's like it's it's her whole body and like her whole soul mm. like and mm-hmm. she's screaming and she's like gyrating and she's like yeah. spreading her legs like it's it's so it's so huge uh that like yeah I mean you can you can hear that in, in how she sings too yeah that's tragic and... that there's not more like where is all this footage yeah, that only, that think, footage is all from a, a French like music festival. I think it's the same guy Vernon Gibbs is the journalist. He says at some point later on too, because I've heard this. I've heard like Parliament say this, and like 
it seems like especially for any like black artist that is doing something really like off the the mold i feel like they receive pushback from yeah their own community as well mm. as as well as the white community because it's like uh, in 1975 a lot of people were saying like we the, like they put her in context of like black exploitation films and people being like how should we represent blackness and so like there was very much like a fear of if we represent blackness in a way that isn't like super um you're put risking all of us White. right now all of our reputations yeah, yeah. that like, sort of thought the idea that we like the idea of not assimilating essentially right. and just yes. being yeah. and that, so that was that was I th- a really beautiful quote is i think they said that like uh she showed the limits of freedom of expression for a black woman which is mm. heartbreaking that that affected a, a really beautiful promising career but uh it was it, it did for other people illuminate like oh these are the fights that still need to be fought yeah yeah which is which is um you know it's still a constant still something like you still know. fighting that fight for some Not, fucking reason a long way from over but it is like i know parliament said the same thing that they were like way too cool for white people and then too weird for black people like when they they came out like they just didn't fit in a box and they struggled to receive success too crazy for boy town Mm-hmm. Too much of a boy for crazy town. <laughs> Something else Vernon Gibbs says in this too is uh, to be his quote was uh, to be a black woman on stage in 1973 and not sound like Aretha. Uh, Aretha. That's yeah. like another like just of like we're all doing this. What are you doing this for? Oh yeah. Right. Did you ever see the documentary about uh, Nina Simone? The What Happened, Miss Simone? Oh yeah, because she was she was someone who went from sounding like Aretha to get Mm. like when when Dr. King got assassinated, she was like, "I'm buying a gun and I'm protesting." And people are like, "Nina, no, no, you're like you're like a top like uh, Mm -hmm. face of like." She's like, "Yeah, and I'm gonna be radical. I'm gonna be militant." Like she's just like she didn't back down, and it almost completely derailed her career. Like Yeah. yeah. Because she was like, no, they're trying to kill... Like, if they kill the most peaceful guy, they're going to kill anybody. And she was right, and people were mad at her on every side. Like, the, like, so it just... Yeah, it was like, you were allowed to thrive in the music, the white-dominated music industry, as long as you were angelic, like Aretha. Like, just... Yes. You, you had to be perfect. Harmless. Yeah, <laughs> I think the word is harmless. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, had non- to non-threatening remain... to their yeah. thing to to like you know I guess white supremacy, which is yeah. yeah. Uh, they the call it a country, being... dude. Hmm? Says the whole country, dude. Yeah, it's it's just so sad because it's. Yeah, I'm pissed off now, actually. <laughs> just, like, learning about, you know, the the extent of my research, like, and I think it's because I didn't watch the same documentary that you, you guys did, and there's just not much out there. I get, I didn't, I didn't realize that not only, you know, was her career sort of, like, squashed in its tracks, but she, like, never even got a chance to pick up the pieces. And mm. now, like, seeing that, 
that interview where she, you know, the band calls her back up and, uh, you know, they just, just even to talk about that time with her, like to go from being that woman that I just watched on stage, like, you know, basically like fucking a microphone in front of an audience in these like, you know, thigh high boots. And then to just be like, well, like, goodbye now. Like, I will not be discussing it. Like, it's just so sad because she was so much, like, so, you know, unapologetically trying to do her thing. And now it's, like, completely just sort of lost in the sands of time. Yeah, and it, and it is something that uh, a lot of people have said in interviews about her that she's always been, like, a very private and quiet person. Mm. But it does take on a different characteristic when you don't also have that side of you that lets anything out. Yeah. I, I think, like, I think too, it's, it's just, like, even though she's still alive, it just is, like, this wound isn't healed. And I think that's the thing. Like, the damage that was, the, the, that was done in the 70s, she didn't heal from. And yeah. that's the, yeah. that's really sad to see someone that strong get absolutely beaten down. And like it, it takes strength to walk away too. I don't want to say that that doesn't that's not its own form of strength. Like if the she, fact that she's still alive and is healthy and has her mind speaks to her strength for sure. Yeah, like I don't I don't, yeah. I don't mean to imply anything. We get it. You think her. that she's a weak person? You think I think that she's a quitter? Uh, I think <laughs> I think any. Look, anyone with... She's not a quitter. <laughs> she's a go-getter. Yeah. As a comedian, I don't know anyone with mental health issues, and I just think they're all <laughs> lying about it. <laughs> I've never encountered it, so... Uh, <laughs> it's like so... if she even tried to be happy. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say, I wonder if she is, like, listed. Like, could I find her address and, like, write her a letter or something? Or Oh, I, I doubt know. it. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if she was if she was this off the map for so long, and like, I mean, I'm sure like all of her neighbors know her and have no idea who she is, mm. right? Like, probably. I, I like, just it's not like this was a hit album. Sample. No, and they were out of print for so long, just not in circulation. Like, I mean, yeah. I hope I, I'm sure she's like getting uh, royalties from them now. I have to hope. You have to hope. Like with these reissues. But I don't know. Like I just Oh, that's another thing. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that she wrote and like when you think about the difference between these albums and the way uh black female artists especially were treated in Motown and like that they people like these black artists were famously cheated out of anything they could mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. for so long that it's just like I'm going to have to edit that sentence into that discussion we had an hour ago since it took me so long to be like, oh, yeah. And another thing. (laughs) And another. No, for real, though. And that is actually, that's amazing that she was, like, writing and producing all these songs, too. Like, how dare they? How dare they? I think she is too smart to let herself Mm. be listed in a phone book and be able to be found. Yeah, probably. I think she has a cult enough status and is a smart enough person yeah. to want to not be found. And, right, right. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. That's a really good point. That she's not just sitting, she's not just nowhere she is not to be found, you know? Right, yeah, with intentionally that way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, really I'm with point. you. I do just want to, <laughs> like, <laughs> Betty, I love you. I'm sorry the world is so evil. Just, yeah, right? Yeah, sorry. Just sorry for 
everything. everything I'm sorry, is. and I love you. And when I was yeah. 19, I fell in love with you. <laughs> but not in like a weird way, but like in like a like a, the police are like, on their way. Thank you. <laughs> you guys, I can't explain like the feeling I get every time I start this album. Then the the rush of nostalgia and like the the memory I get from this album is so intense and it's so just like because I'll never because Emily and I hung out a lot after work and it was specifically like our entire friendship was based on our fair trade agreement which was if one of us had weed and the other one didn't you had to share your weed <laughs> like as long as you had weed to share you had to share it with the other one and it came in great handy because sometimes, you know, you're out of weed. And it's nice to be like, dude, come on, just give me like a bowl. And you would not believe how often that happens when you're working for minimum wage at a record store in New yeah, Hampshire. At 19 <laughs> years old in New Hampshire, you're like, I don't have enough weed money. Uh, but that was our that whole was friendship. That was the reason I had just, a job at that age. Yes. But all we do is like smoke weed and listen to albums. And this yeah. one was like. A like, oh my God, who is this woman? And how do we find right, this? Right, right. I mean, and like the idea, like it opens with, uh, is, it, is it Fred Mills, like the male voice? And then she like literally pushes him aside mm. and <laughs> takes the spotlight. Like it, it, it is, it's such a dynamic album opener. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's go through these tracks. Hell yeah. Let's hear this opener one more time. I'm gonna run it down. Tell him that it's you Oh man. Cause this is just her yelling at you. But yeah, she got it. I'm trying to think like who else sings like this, like that it it stays melodic but guttural. It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's nuts. <laughs> there was a Well then she gets like so soft. That's nasty, girl. <laughs> yeah. And then Talking Trash has a crazy bass line. Who played bass on the album? Uh, I believe it was Nikki Neal. That's her cousin. Yeah. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. No, he was the Larry Johnson, the other cousin. The other Larry cousin. Larry Johnson. I knew he was one of the cousins. She. It's just like they're just her cousins. Yeah. It's. It reminds me a lot of Death. If you guys oh, are familiar yeah. with that band. Oh yeah. That's another great example. of They didn't fit into a box. They were way better. They were yeah. black, Definitely. so they weren't celebrated. Like oh, should have Yeah, and that, and that's yeah, man, and whew, that album and Nasty Gal are two of just. I was thinking about doing one of the Death albums because did you guys know they live in Burlington? Uh, yes. Oh, oh you know, I actually, anytime yeah, I mention I Death, at least four people tell me they live in Burlington. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, the kids. Who else do you know in Burlington? The kids. What you have think I got band. more? You're the only person I know in Burlington. Yeah, I do. 
Uh, well, that's true because everyone else <laughs> I know left Burlington. But I saw, I saw like the kids of the guys from Death. They have a band, Ref but Francis. in Burlington. Yeah, what what's it called? Ref Francis. Yeah, they opened for the Gaslight Anthem, and they were just like a lot uh, cooler yeah. than the Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like awesome. I like the Gaslight Anthem, but it was just like, oh, this is a much cooler band. Like they're just more interesting. Like. Yeah, I know uh, the drummer Uriah a little bit. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, I was. But, thinking... Yeah, the show was in Burlington. I guess that's that was why I do. Huh. I, the people, I just don't want to name drop comedians that don't deserve the fucking name. <laughs> All right, let's do some more. Uh, this is dedicated to the press. It is just a good, hard, funk album. Yeah. And this, so many of these songs are just her being like, what, do you think I'm a piece of shit? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I like, like, she's got a song, like, almost predicting that people aren't ready for this album and calling them out. Yeah. Totally. Let's listen to two more tracks I want to play. This one, You and I, which is the outlier on the album and is... Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, incredibly emotional and touching. This one just comes out of nowhere, like, Mm. I feel like, because you're in such, like, a, you know, hard funk mode. And then this, you're just like, oh, I need to sit down. Well, I find it interesting because it's like stuff like this is very, uh, when they say that people that are that heavy of extroverts on stage tend to be like kind of shy people, that this kind of feels like the flip side of her coin of like, she is all the way hard into this, but then this one track is her really opening up. I mean, goes to like what you're saying. Like, like she is putting it all on the line on this album. Yeah. I mean, I'd be free. This. If Island gave a shit, like this should have been this could have been a single a big like a success real hit. yeah because it wasn't like 75 that's like ballads were still like very marketable like um i think nielsen schmilson's not too long before this and then without you was a gigantic hit and that's like a tender ballad so this was completely sellable so it just shows like that they didn't try just really fucking poor right. management shame on them i'm writing a letter to island well or <laughs> well done evil management 
Oh, yeah, that too. Right? Uh, so, unfortunately. completely change gears from you and I and go into what I would think is the maybe my highlight of the album, uh, which is a song called Funk. Oh, this is... This is this should have been iconic. This is yeah, incredible. Is it called Funk or F U N K? Well, let's see what she thinks. <laughs> I th- I wonder is Funk the genre that references itself the most? More than rap? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> or country? Country is up there. Definitely yeah. more than rap, but like so many funk songs have the funk in them. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like country singers always call themselves country boy or country gals or doing mm-hmm. a country That's style. True. That's true. Yeah, I, country Jimmy is a I, contender. Jimmy and I have gotten real. My my brother, my brother and I have gotten very Jimmy into Jimi Hendrix. You know, <laughs> she's talking about him. I know Jimmy. Uh. We've been listening a lot to pop country radio when we drive around now. Dude, it's so funny. It's pop comedy. Sorry, pop country has gone to the point where it's now just mocking itself accidentally somehow. There's a song called If It Weren't For Trucks. (laughs) And like, it sounds like it's like a guy like that just wants to fuck his truck. (laughs) Truckers, thank you, (laughs) Truckasaurus. I'm also sorry, eternally, to Betty Davis for talking about current day pop country over your song. That is like <laughs> your self-proclaimed favorite on the album. <laughs> yeah, I love this song. Let me talk about music I hate. Like, can you imagine seeing her do this live? I can't. And even that moment right there, I can't think of a lot of music at that point by black artists like using the N word, like yeah, right, like, right, it, and using it in like the like reclaimed way. Like I know, like, yeah. like Sly Stone has a song about the word as like a racist term, but not just like used casually. Yeah, what? so I it mean, does... she was really like just full sending it. Like, yeah. fuck you I, if you don't Just like so it. more modern. A lot yeah. of this album definitely feels like her at the end of a rope. Of just yeah. like, fucking come at me. Yeah, try me. Because I don't care. I'm going to keep going. And it is, you know, after two albums of fighting people and finally getting a big record deal and still getting all this shit and still writing, producing, recording it. It's like you can really feel the amount of power in her and the the amount of fight that she's got to give. Yeah, like, am I crazy or like, I feel like the uh, there's like obviously like that's a huge thing in like you know pop music and R and B music and like hip hop now is like you know sort of this like you know female empowerment like we were talking about like WAP and Anaconda, but like I feel like even. You know, if we're going to compare the two, like, what Betty Davis has going on here is, like, it's it's a lot braver, I think. Like, Well, because she's involved in more stages. Like, like, it's going a lot more on the line. Like, she wrote it, like, like 
it it's all on her. <laughs> right. And it's also like, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, a, a, a Beyonce album, like, yes, there's like, you know, girl power in it, like inherently, but it's also like designed, like written like a fucking algorithm, like, you know, to right. be like the most the it's a Beyonce album and like you know what everybody's gonna fucking love it and yes they're gonna get that like surge of girl power with it with this you know nasty gal it's like this was like not this was written as a fuck you I'm me like type of album you know this is not pop music it well yeah right it's not pop music and it's like it's it's so unapologetic in a way that like even like some of that, you know, like boss bitch music that that's coming out today is like not as I don't know. Maybe this is shitty to say, but like it's just it's just not as like brave to me. No, well, I and I and totally... she had she had no. She came first. That's always and braver. She, like yeah, right. Like half a century no first. <laughs> there's no one else doing it. Whereas like. Whether or not they've been appreciated, there is a, a strong lineage of uh, female MCs that the current uh, stars have benefited from. Yeah. So it's like they're they're building on something, whereas Betty <laughs> started something, and that's crazy. Right, right, and did it in just like such a I don't know, like powerful. I I thought that like as you know, somebody who, like, really likes that that music that comes out and, like, you know, I'm, like, sitting there, like, listening to WAP. Like, I listen to that so much this summer. It's a bop, obviously. And, like, yeah, it feels good to, like, be able to reclaim, like, some sort of sexuality. I feel like that's never really been offered to women in music like it is now, right? But, like, even, that, like, within just, like, the first song hearing on this Betty Davis album, I'm like, holy shit, like, this puts those, you know, that, this, like, new kind of whatever wave of, like, boss bitch uh, Mm. energy and songs that's happening now, like, in the corner. Like, it is so heavy. So Ah. let's, let's uh, listen to this clip here from Tales of the Tour Bus that I had to pull after you mentioned uh, Beyonce. Uh, people kind of echoing the same point. Oh, good, because I kind of felt like an asshole after I said that. That's good. That no. no women are making those records. Absolutely not. She was giving women the right you hear this? to be as nasty as men. She invited me to come down to one of the first shows that she did. When she walked out on stage, my mouth dropped. <laughs> I mean, Sasha Fierce? No, (laughs) Betty Fierce. This woman had on fishnet stockings and boots with fur, and and when she started singing, that she was belting out in this deep, gravelly voice. I was just taken aback. This is not Betty. This is not Betty. 
So there's two Bettys. I mean, dear yeah, God. I I thought that was a good 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 line. That's so it's so funny. I like that that woman is a great interviewee. Yeah. <laughs> why but they, um, I wonder why I've never seen or even heard of that show before. Why do they animate everybody? I don't know. Oh, it's um because it's Mike Judge, so it's it's just like building off of like King of the Hill. And... Yeah. Right. Right. And it's Watch probably um, yeah, that's true. That's and it and it and it some of the stories are like these are like it's weird to see it in the interviews, but then when they in- animate some of the stories, they're so crazy that like <laughs> right, they and have there's to like anim- there's no like footage that would echo probably yeah. what she's talking about in this case with Betty Davis. So right, yeah. unfortunately, it looks yeah. cool, but it's a great show. Yeah, I don't love the animation, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, uh, if yeah. you guys want my Amazon password for the month, I have Cinemax for the next month. Yes. And we can watch. You can <laughs> watch the up. two seasons. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. That's how I discovered uh, Swamp Dog, who's really fun. He's interviewed because he wrote songs for like white country artists, and then he got bored with it, did a bunch of acid, is like. Fuck it, I'm gonna be the swamp dog <laughs> and then started writing that. these like crazy funk albums that are really good. Wow. And then he put out an album, he's in his like late seventies, early eighties now. He put out an album like last year with some of the last John Prine songs before he died. Like they collaborated because they were friends from when he was still doing country stuff. Aww. And it's good. He's great. He still has a great soul voice, but he's singing like some old he like said he wanted to go back to country now that he's like he felt like really burned as like one of like the only like black writers in like the country mm. music. Yeah, scene. I bet. Do you guys listen to Bobby Darren at all? I just know like um, he sang um, somewhere beyond the sea. Yeah, he sang that. He sang Splish Splash. <laughs> it's all it's all water themed. <laughs> uh, but it was weird. He did like that song Splish Splash and like weird shit like that, and then did like folk protest music through the 70s hmm. and i hmm. think between that had a crooner phase like, yeah i this, only know of him as like a crooner this is like the same guy that did splish splash which always confuses me this is wild me and mr owner standing on the corner not doing nothing to no one When a squad car stops And out jumps cops You're one of them if I ever saw one One of what I said As my face turned red Up against the wall says the tall one That's a cute mustache Have you got any hash? I'd like to make a buy says the small one Not a whole thing silly But I'm staring at the billy Quietly asking myself Now will it use that thing To make my eardrums ring It's all a bad dream what <laughs> dude it's that is bananas this album songs from the big sur is so good uh but it's just like where did that, that come from i don't i don't from the same mind that brought a splish splash <laughs> yeah Didn't kevin spacey play him in a movie oh no what the spaceman uh-oh I recorded a song recently that was uh, just me 
over synthesizer and my drum machine reading the Kevin Spacey Wikipedia. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's me going space, 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 man, 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 man. Horrifying. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm becoming quite the artist, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you guys have any other tracks from Nasty Gal you want me to play before uh, before we talk oh, about man. any other subject? I love feelings. Because that is an unrelenting groove. Yeah. yeah. Yep. She... Songs like this, I when I hear them, it's like so funky. It makes you start to like crumble. It like starts to just like oh fuck. You really would be that guy at the Betty Davis show. I'm not kidding. I mean, I I make a lot. She was of, like, stunning. I'm not, like like my jaw would have been on the ground the oh, whole definitely. time if I saw yeah. that. Because the music's crazy. There's this woman doing the most like insane performance that my 1975 brain has not been able to compute. Yeah. I feel like I'd be changed forever. I would throw up. I bet. And then, like, <laughs> try to, like, go to her dress. <laughs> like, you made me throw up. I think it's love. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just be your chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> Will you ever love me a little bit, maybe? If I just am, like, really nice for, like, 30 years. <laughs> I'll buy you She's... a dinner if you let me yell you yell two questions to you <laughs> you don't have to answer them yeah just let me ask them please <laughs> she's like you can buy me a limo and then we'll talk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i saw I, it's not the same but there i saw that have you heard the band like slow thrust no no i only know fast fuck <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're they're a really good band, but like they're like they're like a punk band uh from I think they're all from Boston and I saw them at the um oh god, uh what's the one that just closed? The one club that just closed in Boston. The only club that's been affected by this. Great really? Scott. No, no. Great Scott. I saw them at Great oh, Scott. Yeah, yeah. And the singer is like she's an amazing guitarist. She like, used to be a gymnast professionally. She's a funny writer. She was so funny on stage, and I was just like so starstruck. And then like like she was just like, oh, this song is like named after like a fruit that we got in trouble for trying to bring through customs. Because anyone guess what it is? And I just thought everyone was gonna yell a fruit, and so I yelled from like mid floor of great scott kumquat and then no one yelled at anything and, like this woman i'm so starstruck by just goes kumquat who the fuck thinks we're smuggling kumquat? who the fuck just said that <laughs> i just really and i uh i i left the earthly plane i, I fully dissociated from my body <laughs> Some stay you know, that just so soul that's, still that's... floating around in the rafters at the great sky. I am the phantom. 
I'm the reason they closed. I kept sabotage. I just kept playing a big church organ during all the. <laughs> That's why they didn't have a chandelier. <laughs> We're trying to listen to DJ Fuck Sauce. Come on. <laughs> that sounds like an Austin DJ. Definitely a it white college does. kid named it DJ does. Fuck Sauce. Ugh. DJ Fuck Sauce playing at a safe space. Fucking <laughs> 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 a fucking Emerson College safe space featuring like DJ Fuck. fuck what was it? Fuck fart. Yeah, that's, a lot. that's fine. Yeah, it's all the same. It's all good. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I grew out of the fuck fart phase and into the fuck sauce phase. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of G Love, and I wanted that to show. <laughs> I actually think fucking's too aggressive. Now I'm DJ Suck Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think to you reflect love my journey. Suck sauce. <laughs> oh god, my journey I'm so to sorry. veganism. <laughs> Uh, do you do you have any uh, songs? Yeah, yeah. Can we play a little bit of the Lone Ranger? Mm-hmm. That what one a I thought funny was funny. Album ended. Yeah, it's just like this, you know, six minute like super like. I get like a big uh, like Doctor John, I guess, mm, sort of vibe from this one. You know, it's just like sort of like I don't know. It's like kind of like slow like percolating trip it's the kind of sound that you get from someone's soul complete vision you know what i mean everything in this song is such a piece of one that i don't think like stuff like this comes out usually from like a jam or from a collaborative thing this is like just from an artist, you know what I mean? Yeah. It really ties up the album nicely, I think. It's a pretty good note to end on. It's like a, a, a post-coital cigarette of a track. <gasps> it is! Yeah. It totally is! That's perfect. That's a perfect way to describe it. The end credits of sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you said that somebody claimed that she was like celibate, like I'll believe that I can buy she doesn't drink or do drugs, but there's no way. Like this that's what that woman. Winona essentially says in that documentary. She's like, I know for sure she was not celibate with Eric. She was like, if she was celibate with Robert Palmer. Well, I wish you would have called me or something. <laughs> or like she could have called me. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. She she ain't she ain't wrong. She's alright. She's alright. Robert Palmer rules. And Emerson Lake and wait, Emerson Lake and Palmer's a different Palmer, isn't it? I have no idea. You were about to blow my mind. If me I too. Put that I was together. right on the edge there. No, it's two different Palmers. Okay. Oh, do I gotta double check this? Uh, Yep, Carl Palmer. Oh, he was in Little Feet? Carl Palmer? What a dumb name. (laughs) Well, Alan, I'm so glad that you chose this album because, like, it really is, like, such a huge tragedy that. 
that Betty Davis like really hasn't gotten you know all that much notoriety um and just the the fact that her whole career was sort of you know washed away for some fucking reason just taken just taken really just stolen from Mm -hmm. her it feels like um but what a thrill to be introduced to her and like i mean seriously yeah thank you I ended up buying all of her albums nice. from when we decided to do this out episode till today. I got <laughs> now I have them all on vinyl. Beautiful. It's been a good time. Uh, are you guys ready for the Dickeries from Zappa? Oh yeah. Yeah, let's hear it. This one. Uh, every album we try to find. How many degrees from Frank Zappa is this album? Every episode we try. Oh, I fucked it up. Just keep going. Just but keep album going. two works. No, keep going. Power Good three. album. Good episode. Good album. Good job. <laughs> Great job. Great job, dude. All right, bud. So listen, champ. This isn't the most interesting degrees from Zappa. I think it's the closest we would get, and I thought it was the funniest one. The she is only two degrees from Frank Zappa. Because uh, Betty Davis dated Eric Clapton, refused to collaborate with him. Love but that. you know who did collaborate with him briefly was Frank Zappa. Really? When Eric Clapton appears on We're Only In It For The Music, let's hear Eric Clapton. Beautiful. God, it's God. I say God. That's it. That's Eric Clapton. <laughs> Oh, good. I was like, are we re- are we about to get into this right now? That's it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a collaboration, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought, that's, I thought it was a funny, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Because I always thought it was very fun that I just randomly in the middle of this, you hear Eric Clapton say, God, it's God, I see God. I, so I'm so glad that that information exists that we yeah. know now <laughs> that's Eric Clapton. <laughs> That two seconds. The two seconds is Clapton. I'll try to find it. There was like it was like some like charity concert where like they got like all these famous like rock guitarists on like one concert. It was like Clapton, Dylan, George Harrison, and Neil Young. And I forget what song they played. It was probably the Clapton, Dylan, Harrison uh, fest. Yeah, featuring Neil Young. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Young showed up. And. (laughs) <laughs> at one point like Dylan is like it's like his song he's like gonna go sing it and like Clapton just interrupts him it's, hell yeah it's so funny and like everyone's just like the fuck he's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck Eric Clapton uh so agreed that is all I've got on Nasty Gal do you guys have any last thoughts on that um, or I just that I loved it and I loved yeah. her. Joe, I loved it. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy. This was this was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, and I'm gonna go watch that documentary and the. Well, is there a documentary and the Tales from the Tour Bus mm-hmm. episode? Okay, I'm gonna watch both. They're all on Amazon, and I'll give you my password. Great. And you can hold on to it because I've got HBO. If you need HBO, do you need HBO? <laughs> Who wants HBO? If you follow this podcast and download 10 episodes, 
I'll give you my HBO password. I'm all about password sharing. I think Ooh. it's an important thing to do. I just started watching on HBO um, Crazy Not Insane. Have you seen that? No. It's about like this like little... Do you pay like, for HBO? No. We, it was like... Do you need a password? Perk. It was a perk as long from, as like, he's not paying for it. My f my mom upgraded our family phone plan, and we got a free year of HBO Max. No, fuck? can I have your password, and I'll stop paying for HBO for a year? I don't know. You have to ask my mom. All right, what's <laughs> your phone number? <laughs> all right, seven eight one. Write it down. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what have you guys been listening to? What the hell? What the hell? How about some some Sudanese jazz? <laughs> Let me say, when I said what the hell, it was I meant that very much in a uh, was this the girl of my dreams moment? Like, <laughs> it's like, is Ooh. this a beautiful thing? Oh yes, yes, it is. It really is. Okay, hold on. Which track do I want to show you? Scroll down. The Sat Alfra Alfara. So track this, three. Track number three. So this is um, my pick for the week. It's the 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 band is the Scorpions and Saif Abu Bakar, um, and they're a Sudanese jazz band. Uh, and um, Habibi Funk reissued. I'm not sure if this is just a straight up reissue or like some kind of compilation um, that they put out. But I guess I fucking love Sudanese jazz. Like. This has been, I don't know, I've just been like constantly throwing this on like when I can't figure out what I want to listen to, when I should be watching Betty Davis documentaries. Instead, I'm just zoning out to this album. Uh, and I finally ordered it and I'm so glad that I did, so it should be here within the next week or two. But I was holding out, but like I kept going back to the Discogs page and yeah, Habibi Funk's just a great, great label. This is, this is fun. You know, sometimes I buy records, like, when I DJ, I'll play this, but I don't really, I don't DJ, so I don't know. This is just something that I want to have that I think would be fun to throw on at a party. So, wait, so I'm, I, sorry, I couldn't lower the volume on that song, so <laughs> I couldn't quite hear you. This is, the label is... The label is uh, Habibi Funk. And then the album is Jazz, Jazz, Jazz by the Scorpions? Yes. Which is a different Scorpions. Yes, different scorpions. This is a Sudanese scorpions. Here we am, Sudanese scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Here so good, and the whole album is just so good. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's so fun. It's so fun. <clears throat> that sounds super fun. Yeah. I can't wait uh, for it. Well, maybe I'll get a download code with it. You can have it. Ooh, hell yeah. Because the record should be coming love in. I love that. I'll trade you my Amazon password. <laughs> Stop wheeling and dealing these passwords. I'll give you guys my mom's phone number. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll trade you your mom's phone number for my Disney Plus. Ooh, you got Disney Plus. I don't, that's one of the do ones need, I don't Do you know not have Disney Plus, Dana? No, I, I do. Right, I don't. I was going to say it. Oh, I I want I have it for the Simpsons. I don't pay for it, but I keep yeah, it for good. the Simpsons. Alone. Same here. I pay for it literally, so my so 
like two of my friends can watch The Simpsons. That's amazing. That's a good friend right there. I could probably like do without State it at Farm. this point. Uh, in the chat, I just put my login and password, so copy it down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are you listening to, Joe? Uh, I wanted to pick a, a super cool uh, funk artist named Georgia Ann Muldrow, who has been around for a while. She's a multi-instrumentalist. Her vocal range is nuts. And then this is an album she did with uh, Mad Lib, one of my favorite producers. So you don't actually hear her play. Well, you never really know with Mad Lib what's sampled versus what's played. But she's put out like whole jazz albums where she plays every instrument. She's so cool. I just think she's the coolest. And she feels like of a lineage of Betty Davis of just unrelentingly her own vision. Like she started a label with like her husband who's like an underground rapper and like she by all rights should be way more successful or no I think she is successful in her own goals but she should be more like well known than she is because she's so fucking talented this is amazing I am very interested in learning more about her yeah I really love this album she did with Maglib. I know my girlfriend likes some of the more, um, the less, like, uh, crazy albums. Like, I like this because the production's off the walls, but she also has more linear, fun albums that are just, like, really funky. Did you mention really her name? Georgia Ann Muldrow. Okay. Yeah, and she also, her, her jazz albums are under a pseudonym. I, I actually don't know how to pronounce it. J-Y-O-T-I. Joti. But her jazz albums are very good. I want to hear those. Yeah, yeah. So Gosh, I just think she's the cool. So and her, cool. her tiny desk concert's really good. She's just super cute. And, like, because she's just, like, clearly loves making music. Like, that's just, like, her and her element. Like, you just see her in her element, and it's really cool. Nice. How'd you discover her? Um, I don't know. Uh, it was probably a pitchfork and poo. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> uh, pitchfork and poo. You know, I do remember because she's also she has worked with people at, like I do like like Mad Lib and uh, she made an album that was executive produced by Flying Lotus. That's that's a good entry point for her because it it's it you get her range, but also it's very slickly produced. So it's accessible while still being crazy. Nice. It's called over overload. Well, Joe, speaking of your favorite things of pitchforking and poos, what is the next album that we're gonna cover? All right, now this is one I knew without pitchfork and poo. Without a pitchfork <laughs> and poo? This one's no, just from you. This one's just for me. Um. This one, um, so I, I thought, like, you both picked, like, uh, like we've unintentionally stumbled upon, like, a theme of, uh, like, female relatives of great, of jazz legends. That I were was pretty oversh- forward this was intentional. Oh, yeah, yours was intentional. <laughs> but, like, like Dana, didn't, Dana didn't intend to start, like, a three-week. No, like, you guys are just copying me at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fully. what I do. I, <laughs> well, I find I like, two cooler people. I'm like, you guys want to, like, 
tell everyone we're friends. <laughs> like super and, best friends. <laughs> yeah, like the best friends possible, maybe. <laughs> like you couldn't imagine being closer friends with anyone else. And well, then I- like you say what's <laughs> cool and then all like echo it. <laughs> so, By the I, way, I, Alan, I still haven't been able to cash those checks you've been sending. Um, we should talk about that. So what is the album, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> They're all just for 69 fun bucks. <laughs> uh, for the record, I am not mailing the, our, our, our female co-host 69 fun bucks in the mail. I am, I am not that kind of person. I am just sending this woman so 69 bucks. There's no value on them. I don't know. No, yeah, it's not intended to be sexual. You just don't understand how currency works. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the going. uh, I just uh, thought that's what it was called. (laughs) That's just just my going rate is 69 fun bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I give that to anyone who (laughs) collaborates. Listen, if you want to collaborate, all 69 fun bucks, all right? I'll Venmo you. (laughs) Look, collaborate, and listen, I have. (laughs) 69 bucks. Uh, um, uh, anyway, go ahead, Joe. So I just like that you, <laughs> like your uh, your album. Uh, Prove to me you've downloaded 10 episodes. Like, uh, I'll send you 69 fun bucks. <laughs> <laughs> then like Dana did like a very spiritual jazz album, and Alan did like a, a fun raunchy punk a funk album. So then I have to do if I'm going to give a a shout out to a female artist overshadowed by a less talented male relative, it has to be uh an 80s reggae punk album i'm gonna do the slits cut the debut oh, album by okay. the slits all right no uh, yeah who is so in the slits ari up was the stepdaughter of johnny ryan of the sex pistols and i think mm. she's much more interested cool i did not know that i did not know that uh, all i knew about the slits was um that their records are very rare and yes. worth some money I did not know that um, until I started like looking into this album. I just like the album; it's really fun. Mm. Has a crazy cover of "I Heard It Through the Grapevine." That's the only thing I know from the Slits. Oh, you're gonna like it! Like I will say, um, she's English is not her first language. She's a yeah Austrian British woman. First song, maybe you're gonna be like, "Oh, that's a weird voice," and then it will grow on you. I think, but like, it might be jarring. No, I definitely enjoy your voice from that, from that track. This is a really cool album. I really like it. It's a lot to talk about because it just feels like they really loved, like genuinely, like they worked with like a cool Jamaican producer, really loved reggae and punk, but didn't quite know how to play it. So they just like accidentally created an album that doesn't sound like anything else because <laughs> they just uh, they played it, it. It's the most it's like a very pure punk album in the best way. Nice. It's like people whose uh, ambition outstrips their talent. I know how and that then goes. that creates something kind of magical in the process. My live this that. will be fun. Yeah, that's kind of like it's pretty different than like anything that we've done i think so no, and we definitely really done a punk album for right, how much we've right. talked and, about and i punk. don't yeah yeah i don't really listen to much punk at all well um, this is also not a typical punk album i should say it's not gonna sound like the clash right okay i want that cut of joe 
chuckling and saying, this is not your typical punk it album. It really <laughs> was hilarious, Joe. <laughs> it was the most, it was like a real moment of like, it was, you know what it was? It was an audio monocle. <laughs> it was. It's not quite your <laughs> typical punk album. <laughs> I just mean, if you're like, if looking you're trying for to get like, into punk, maybe this isn't the place to start. You know, yeah, like if you're looking to like, like for something like fast and thrashy, this why don't you go down a double black not diamond while you're at it? Typical punk. Album. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just say these girls aren't like the other girls. <laughs> <laughs> this one's uh, a little different. We do mm-hmm. punk a little differently around yeah. here. <laughs> okay, well, that that's going to be a really fun one. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it next week, and uh, we will see you all then. We love you all. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Bye. Okay, Listen to you. Nasty Gal and Betty Davis and watch the documentary. They say that I'm different. And Tales from the Tour Bus. I think it's all the shit we stole and Chambers Brothers. Oh, and that Anything James else? Brown interview. Living in America. <laughs> <laughs> Dan! <laughs> Jam. She wants to feel something. She wants to feel in a fight. She wants to feel something. Just please her help her live ahead. You want to feel something too? You want to feel it, don't you? You want to feel something too? Well, start off, start off feeling This has been brought to you by Dead and Mellow. Follow us on all your social media platforms and shop around at deadandmellow.com to see all of our stand-up, music, and podcast releases. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, see you later. See Are you we guys. actually leaving or just that dig?